Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. It's another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Lacey. And I'm Phil Thompson. That's your cue. When I stop talking, that means you can talk. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if you were like, the levels weren't right, or because you you kind of just stopped like, oh, I messed up. or <laughs> Well, I do mess and up. And you reached for the soundboard controls. So. Well, yeah, because I realized that I probably should be watching the monitor levels here. This isn't as easy as it looks. Yeah, we got to tell you. You got to record it and uh, be the sound engineer at the same time. I huh? do. Yeah. Where's yeah. our sound engineer? I don't know. He, we laid him off or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we come to you every week with this podcast. Of course, uh, I'm Phil Thompson. He's Steve Lacey, and we're a tech company. We do streaming video. We do mobile apps. We do church management and website stuff. But we're not going to do any of those things today. No. What are we doing today? We are talking about a subject, and we do this from time to time. We talk about other subjects besides tech. We're going to talk about spiritual abuse. All right. I'm going to come out, go out on a limb here and tell you, at least from my perspective, that spiritual abuse is very, very common in uh, religious circles, has been so for many, many years, and... I thought it would be good to at least talk about a few of these things. In fact, we did a podcast like this similar several years ago, and we actually got some feedback, uh, more feedback than we usually do. And so uh, I think it is pretty common, and I'm not saying every church has it, but I'm saying that it's pretty common out there, and uh, I would be curious to see what kind of feedback we get on this. All right. So... Let's jump into it. We'll just these, jump right into these it. These signs of spiritual abuse. This and I have been in these. I have been in these environments before. Yeah, this so primarily leadership to the congregation. Spiritual abuse from leadership. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. So all right, let's just jump into it. So number one is the standards of honor, respect, and authority are distorted. So one of the the, the biggest factor when it comes to spiritual abuse. Uh, is instead of having a you know creating a culture in your church of honor respect both to the leadership and to people that you know maybe not in leadership uh, there's this deal that leaders sometimes lose their ability to be approachable and this can cause a misuse of of, of authority and uh, you know you've, have you heard that scripture touch not God's anointed you ever hear that verse um it's in there. It's in the oh, Bible. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people will use that, leaders, pastors, will use that to manipulate people. And so if uh, if there is something going on and, and if there's disagreement or if there's just maybe even questions about something involved in leadership, uh, many times you will see those who are involved in spiritual abuse uh, from a leadership perspective uh, instead of, you know, working things out and talking with people and being approachable, uh, they will kind of put up this wall that says, hey, I'm in charge here. You're just a follower. All right. So they become more, there's some authoritarianism that's going it on. It is. And, and so what happens is people, 
you know, hopefully will leave when that goes on. Or, but there are some people that will just sit silently and do silent submission. Well, if we get to it, we'll talk a little bit about the shepherding movement. Uh, but uh, but there will people just kind of sit there. They won't really engage, and they just kind of go because well, that's the thing to do. We need to go. We need to submit and all that stuff. But so it's a distorted level here of, of shepherding. It's a distorted uh, spiritual fathering, which everybody I think needs. This is this has become very distorted, and so leadership is driven to use what I would call intimidation, manipulation, force to try to make things happen. And there's a group of people that will go along with that, and they'll just sit quietly and do whatever somebody says. But it is a sign of spiritual abuse if this is going on. All right. So that's number one, huh? That is number one. Number two. <laughs> Unsafe environments when it comes to dealing with problems. So this is kind of related. The idea here is that, you know, your church should be a safe place where you help people with their problems, you know, walk with people in love and grace and truth and all that comes into play. But in a spiritually abusive environment, people are, are many times just put down, demonized, uh, embarrassed. Uh, the relationships there are not protected. There's betrayal among people. I would assume that it would not allow people to become their authentic selves. Absolutely. And admit to any sin in their lives or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. There's this idea that, you know, don't say anything negative and and that kind of a thing. And so uh, people don't really learn how to go through pain in an effective way. They, they don't how to know how to work things out because they're put down. And I have found that when a church does nothing about a problem, that, that people are having or someone's having, that there's this uh, passivity that, that takes place and it just damages the whole culture. So it's it, it just, it's an unsafe environment. It's just, it, it, they don't deal with real problems. Okay. And moving on, number three on our list, heavy religious performance-driven culture. So again, a sign of spiritual abuse. Many times you'll see this in, in, in a lot of groups that may not necessarily be walking in an abusive manner but there's this thing in christianity and not only christianity but other religions that you know hey you got to perform you got to got to live up to these standards that we have and if you don't live up to these standards then you're out you're out the window you're not doing what you should be doing there's something wrong with you you're in sin uh you know it's and then many times people are treated so uh, these standards are what Based on, um, so those are those are a life free from sin, or yeah, yeah. I mean, if you you know, look, if if your if your kids have problems, you're raising your kids, and your kids have issues. Well, you must be doing something wrong because you know, as a parent, you need to live up to these standards, and your family needs to live up. So, if your oh, wife okay. has a problem, you have a problem, or your kids have a problem. You know, this whole. Perfectionism. Don't idea. show up at church and blemish our reputation, huh? Well, yeah, and, and again, it's this kind of this judgmental thing that, that you've got to live up to this, and if you're not living up to this, these standards of, uh, it, it's just it, to me, it's ridiculous. I mean, everybody has issues, everybody has problems. Some more than others. Some families are great. Other families have struggles, you know. And so there's this shame that you run into, which we'll kind of get into here in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really based on perfectionism. 
that if you're really living and you know you get you see some of these some of this stuff happens you see these guys on tv and all these things that are you know living well they have lots of money and you don't so therefore must something must be wrong with you okay so as we go through these are we going these are signs of spiritual abuse yeah i mean it doesn't I assume the the action that we would encourage our listeners to take would be leave right yeah, or probably. You, you probably don't want to go and, and and butt heads and try to confront the leader, or, or maybe you do. I don't well, know. Well, you could. So I and you know we're gonna. I have a friend up in in um, in the Washington State area. Actually, uh, yeah, Washington State area. And there was a large church up there. I don't know if I should mention the name, but uh, she was part of this church. Her husband was part of this church, and there was spiritual abuse going on. And it was a mega church. Yeah, I mean, it was a mega church. This guy was books people. They know who he was on the internet. And he, by the way, he's still going today. He had to, he it was forced to resign because my friend and some other people got together and literally just kind of exposed some of the crazy stuff that was going on. But there was this culture that got built within the church huh. where. They protected this guy. Many of the leaders protected him, and eventually it was exposed, and eventually it fell apart. The so church it, is no longer It was exposed gone. to the remainder of the church? It was to the remainder of the church and, and other people, uh, other, uh, other Christians from different parts of the country begin to learn about this stuff, hmm. and there's still some investigations going on. But this guy left... Uh, Washington left uh, left the Washington area, Washington State area. Guess where he's at now? Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, he's starting his own church again. Oh, near us. Huh? Hopefully, he learned from some of the mistakes. But what I'm getting at here is, they confronted him, and eventually, it did topple. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I, I won't mention who so, it was. So, you, so those are your only two options, really. Either just leave and let the thing. You could do. With I mean, that's, that's the easy way out. And the ministry just dies, and, and uh, or you it, confront. Uh, yeah, and and enough people finally left, and the ministry died. But but there was confrontation, and and the confrontation brought to light the spiritual abuse that was going on. Okay. So I I think if you can, if you're able to, you know, effectively confront and 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 do it in a in a biblical way, in a in a you know. I mean, you know, a, 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 a right way to do it, then I think that's that would be the thing to do. But it happens, again, it happens in all shapes and sizes. It happens in black churches. It happens in white churches. It happens in denominations, non-denominations as well. Right. Is there a common denominator? I would assume that there a lot of, one of the common denominators would be ego of the leadership. Yep, absolutely. Um, absolutely. That's, I don't know if that's on our list or not, but... Uh, Got a leader with a big ego, then well, it's, it's part beware, of number, huh? part of what we talked about. Number one, where the standards of honor and respect and authority are extremely distorted. All right. Okay. You know, that was part of that. Yeah. All right. So we have number four: fear and shame drive people into submission. So again, you're you're using if you're a leader and you're using fear to motivate people. If you're shaming people. Uh, many times I've seen this myself. And this in the would be pulpit. the people within your own within, within the congregation. The congregation, and you're trying to get people to do things using that. Uh, it, it crushes them. And again, uh, there are people, and I know this is it seems unusual to you because you might think, well, if that's going on, I'm just going to leave. And that's what 
probably a normal person would do. But you have to understand there are people that maybe they've been raised in a church culture or, or perhaps uh, they've gotten to know the leadership or in particular case one, one man or one woman who's leading the thing. Uh, and, and keep in mind some of the spiritual abuse stuff, a person who starts a church uh, doesn't necessarily start off abusive. But over a period of time, uh, they begin to take on some of these traits we're talking about or some right. of these signs. And so there's people that may have known them for years. So and I would think success in the ministry would fuel that, right? It can right? very well be that. It can, it's usually a part of that. But it's kind of like the old analogy, the frog. What is the old story of the frog in the boiling water? You know, the frog's in, a, in, the, in the pot, and then you start to turn up the heat. And, you know, the frog doesn't jump out until it's too late, and it's, it can't jump out. Right. And a lot of people will... They're used to somebody, they like the person, but then things slowly change. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you know, you're in this weird deal and and you're not sure what to do. All right. Uh, Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm warming up to this topic a little more. Well, good. I'm glad you are (laughs) because you – I'm telling you, it's very common – you know, not in every church, obviously, but in, in yeah. many, in, in overall, you see a lot of these things happen. All right, let's move on. So number five, emphasis on charismatic leader becomes the ultimate spokesperson on all spiritual issues. So again, you know, a lot of this stuff starts with one guy or one gal, and they might build, they might bring some people into their fold, and, and it multiplies. I'm talking about the signs of spiritual abuse here. But, you know, I have seen this over and over again, and that is that you have somebody that's a really charismatic leader, really, you know, does well, speaks well, great speaking in front of people. And then the next thing you know, when there are uh, questions about things, instead of looking at the scriptures as your authority or or having, you know, uh, important discussions with leadership or or people, you know, you, you you just end up quoting the guy. Well, Apostle so and so says this, right. so therefore it must be true. But not one of the original apostles. Not one of the originals, <laughs> but 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 you know somebody that's a, that maybe goes by the, pro, the title prophet or apostle right. or pastor. Right. You know, and I'm not saying people that go by those titles are wrong or practicing spiritual abuse. What I'm saying is that person gets quoted all the time. Right. Well. You know, I mean, are they right? Yeah. <laughs> Just because they say something doesn't mean they're right. You know, especially when you're looking at these signs of spiritual abuse, you know. And so people, uh, you know, people don't necessarily, they don't think things out or study things out or research things out. And they just go along with for the ride. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, there's bad things happening. Right. So they're getting away from the biblical authority. And, right. and okay, I got you. So that's number five. Yeah. Um, so that that's where the the leader becomes the ultimate spokesperson yep. on mm-hmm. all spiritual issues. Yep. All right. So number six, the leader's sins and weaknesses are minimized, while the people's sins and weaknesses are maximized. I've seen this many times, and that is just simply this: the, the leader can do no, can do no wrong, uh, and you know if there's issues in his or her life, it's downplayed. And, again, just as we said here in the point here, uh, your issues, if you're not in leadership and you're a follower or somebody that attends or somebody that's – and a lot of times what happens is you have people that are, are 
come and they, 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 they get involved in the ministry, they're serving in areas, and then they're manipulated by these, these people. And, you know, they, they, they have issues in their life and it's magnified and, and, and the, the leaders, their problems don't exist. The leaders' problems. The leaders' exist. problems yes. don't exist. Yeah. All right. We're moving right through this list. We are, may may make it through it, huh? Right. So the so that was number six, number seven on our list: over spiritualizing of everything. Yeah, this is kind of a deal where, um, you know, God told me, God told me to do this, or God told me you should do this, <laughs> or God told me that this is what our church should be doing. Now. Again, I'm always leery of that, and I think, you know, again, it should be tested. There's there's people, you know, there's not just one magical person that can hear from God. Mm-hmm. And so when you have one person that sets up themselves as the ultimate authority and, and they make every decision by using the term or similar term of, well, this is what the Lord said. I sense God is saying this. I sense we need to do this. Well, I'm not totally against that, but what I'm against is using it to manipulate and make things happen. And uh, they could be totally wrong. It could be just simply uh, something they feel like they need to do or want to do. And you get into manipulation. Again, these are signs of spiritual abuse. I'm not saying that every time somebody feels like God told them to do something that it's totally wrong or it's spiritual abuse. I'm not saying that. Right. But I think that if you there's a pattern that usually happens and I think that if it's always this and you know you're and, looking at some of these things is like yeah, this isn't working out. And if you I mean as we're going through this list some of these things um kind of appear in some of the known uh cults in the world today. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of this you know, mm-hmm. this abuse has taken place, and yeah. it's it's now uh, a could be considered a cult within the right. within the country. And the only thing I'm saying here, Steve, is is that it doesn't have to be a known cult to see some of these signs oh, we're talking about. True, it can happen in denominations. It can happen in all sorts of different settings. All right. Uh, so number eight on our list: um, hovering over personal decisions in a person's life. This so. kind of gets back to the shepherding movement, and, and, and I kind of mentioned this in the very last point if we get to it. Um, there's this idea that um, it's, it's basically controlling people. And I think, you know, who you should marry, what house you should get, even what car you should get, what job you should get. And, and look, I'm all for getting Maybe wise counsel. The, the church is... Is weighing in on these subjects. Yeah, heavily. and it's usually somebody in the church. It's usually a leader or leaders in the church. And and so years ago, I was involved in the 1970s in a movement called the Shepherding Movement. I don't know if you've heard me talk about it before. but And this was basically what went on. And the idea was good in the sense that, hey, you're young. You should get some good counsel when you make decisions. Nothing wrong with that, right? right? You know, I mean, I had somebody when I was pastoring years ago, I had, a, I had a guy come to me and said, look, and I was doing marriage counseling with or premarital counseling with him and his fiance, And, uh, you know, it was going well. And he came to me one time uh, later by himself and said, so do you think I should marry this girl? And I said, well, I appreciate you asking me. I said, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I, I think you guys seem to be on the same page on things. Doesn't seem anything 
you know, doesn't seem like an unhealthy relationship to me. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, I, I think it's your decision, but I think things look good. I don't see anything weird about your relationship. No warning signs right. as a pastor. I didn't see anything weird. And they're still married today. They've been married well, probably 15 years now. But in a spiritually abusive case, they would say, oh, no, we need, you need to hold out for this other woman. Yeah, and, and it's 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 the point of control. So right. I, I made up the, I made that point just to say, look, I think it's good to get counsel from people. I mean, you know, especially if you don't really know what you're doing in something. If I'm going to buy a car and I don't know much about it or something, I'm going to get get with somebody that knows about the car, so I right. can make it an intelligent decision, right? Right. But but I think what happens is this is a over abuse where you can't make any decision unless I approve it. Right. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah. Very common when it comes to spiritual abuse. And and so again, good godly counsel, nothing wrong with that. But I actually had somebody tell me that was giving my wife and I my fiance and I marriage counseling 24 years ago, he told me, I don't think you should marry her. Oh. Yeah. And he's here in town. But he did marry us, and, and it, it, you know, we're friends, and my and wife just saw him the other day, and he's, but, yes. but you know, I mean, again, it's okay to give your opinion, and, and I, I don't think he stepped across the, I don't think he stepped across the boundary there. I think if he would have, like, thrown us out of church or, you know, totally refused to marry us, you know, without any really good reason. And I would say, okay, that's maybe abuse, maybe. But, I mean, he didn't do any of that. He just, his opinion was, I don't think you should marry this girl. But he married us, I am. And it worked out, at least so far. All right. <laughs> After 24 years. So that was hovering over personal decisions. Number yeah. nine, yeah. a culture of exclusive spirituality. We have a monopoly on God. That's a sign of spiritual abuse. So my church is the only church you should go to because... We're the right church. We're the only, we're the, the true, true the true church. We're the true church. Or I'm the true pastor. I'm the true apostle. Or I'm the true prophet. And so those guys down the street, they're missing they it. They don't have it, huh? We've got the truth here. We've got that. When somebody gets up and says stuff like that, you get what I'm saying. Yes. That is a sign of spiritual abuse. <laughs> and trust me, I have heard it with my own ears uh. from other from other pastors. Or other people. So again, I'm sure there's may get some feedback here on some of this stuff that we may not, people may not be happy with that. But but that's that's the whole idea that hey we've got we've got the monopoly on God. That's just ridiculous. That's a sign of spiritual abuse. All right, number ten. Usually, and number ten is heavy financial manipulation. So normally, this is always a sign of some type of spiritual abuse. And that's and again, this is very common even in some churches that aren't considered cults or anything. But the idea here is that hey, you guys need to be giving every single thing you've got, and this is the church is important. And actually, I've heard it from some well-respected people that you know. Well, I don't know how far I want to get with this, but the idea is, you know, you put God first. And everybody else comes second. Okay, well, I, I, I would agree with that. But there are areas where you need to really carefully look at that because, you know, if my family needs to be fed and, and I need to feed my family and you want me to give my last dollar to your church, in my opinion, that's wrong. I'm going to right. feed my family first and then I'll give to the church. 
And that's biblical, too, to take care of your family first. I think it is, but there are people that would say differently. And this is one area that people might get on our case about or me on about. But I I, I think when when people are manipulating you, when leaders are trying to manipulate you, and they're they're certainly doing it with finances, you know, saying that, hey, you know, if you don't give, you're going to be in poverty or, you know, you're going to get God's curse because you didn't give. That's manipulation. All right. There's Thanks. a term for that that I can't use on this podcast. <laughs> it's a Greek word for that. All right. It's called baloney. <laughs> oh, okay. That's my version. Your it. Greek word baloney, huh? So, 11. Now, tell us about this. What is this one about? So, 11 is creating an internal bubble that isolates people from their families and other ministries. So, and I, again, I... I don't know why I've been exposed to all these people, but I, I certainly have been exposed to people who have done this. So if you're going to be a part of my ministry, um, you need to really serve the church, serve serve me. And you know what? If your family disagrees, well, cut them off. Uh-huh. Your family are heathens because Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. And those people, if they don't agree with me, they're dead to me. Uh-huh. So... So cut those people off. You get what I'm saying here. Right. So, so there's you're isolating people from their family, from other organizations, other ministries, because we're the true church. I'm the true leader. And how dare you talk to somebody that doesn't agree with me? Right. Does that so make sense? The, what I'm yeah. Saying? So you're you alienating that the rest of that family by yeah. and and even. And this can even involve not just your parents or brothers or sisters. This can also jump into your even your marriage relationship and your kids. Hmm. That's how far it can go. Where okay, your wife doesn't agree with our church or agree with me as as the, as the leader. Well, too bad she, need, she's she's, she's got to go. Huh? She's going the wrong direction. Yeah, she so, needs to leave that woman behind. Huh? Exactly. And and again, you know. This is that bubble that, that people try to create that, again, this is a sign of spiritual abuse. Now, well, look, I'm not saying that, that, that there may be people in your life that are, that are toxic people, and you might get some counsel saying, you know what, your brother is just toxic, and, you know, you really should make, right. put boundaries up in that relationship because that's not a healthy relationship. I, I could see counsel like that, but we're talking extreme so stuff the, here. Yeah. The, the key distinction is that in the first case where the, you're, you're trying to just create this um, allegiance to your, you have your own right. church body in mind, your church leadership in mind is the yeah. final motivation. Whereas the, la- the latter is you're looking out for yeah. the best the best interest of that individual. Yeah. All right. So we're out of time here. Let's jump real quick to, to just a couple real faster. Okay. So number 12, unwillingness to act with compassion towards those who leave. So again, I've seen this all the time. You know, we talked about all this signs of spiritual abuse. Uh, there's people that go at, ah, you know what, this is not for me. I'm out of this church. And guess what? Uh, those people are labeled as traitors, as demonic Heathens. people. Right. They're terrible people. Because they left our ministry, and, and, and therefore you should not talk to them, which is kind of gets into what we were talking about earlier, isolating right. people, because they're wrong, and we're right. See what I'm saying? Right. And then uh, the other one I probably ought to bring up before we go here is isolated accountability structure. So, again, you're, you've got people in leadership, but there's no accountability. 
So they're just doing what they want to do. They might have two or three people or maybe even a board that's all on the that's all with them but they're all they're all practicing spiritual abuse mm-hmm. and so there's no accountability and and you have unhealthy stuff going on and there's no room for healthy debate or healthy discussion over issues because again they've got the truth you don't and there's no accountability so all right we're out of time but right. it, it's these are signs of spiritual abuse i'm not saying it because it pops up once in a while that, oh, they're all wrong and they're all spiritual abusing you. That may right. not be the case. But if you see this stuff happening, it's not a healthy thing, and it needs to be dealt with. And it, it, you're, we're talking affecting not only hundreds of lives but possibly thousands of lives. Right. It, it can move that direction. So I guess the, I mean, we talked about earlier, To I would assume you would approach your elders and his, and his, and. It, this could be really challenging, though, if there's people within the church that if everyone's practicing spiritual abuse, then you, your best bet is to yeah, leave. Your best bet is to leave. Right. Uh, but if you've got, you know, if you've got, I mean, again, my friend up up in Washington State, you know, she was a big part of, of blowing the roof off that crazy deal up there. And if people want to know what that's all about, you can email us. We're out of time. I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll, send, I'll, I'll tell you who it is. But anyhow. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, so this wasn't as, as bad as you thought it was going to be right steve no it's more uh yeah more enlightening than uh, there you go than our notes had had pointed well, me towards yeah. so all right so uh if you do want to give us some feedback we'd love to hear from you we really would support at streamingchurch.tv i have a guy that have been involved in ministry now for over 40 years so i'm telling you i've seen these things up personal real life and it does happen but hopefully it's not happening to you so Um, support at streamingchurch.tv so we're out of time we need to get out of here all right sounds good all right he's steve lacy i'm phil thompson thanks for listening we'll get back on some tech related things probably here uh the next couple weeks or so so stick with us thanks for being uh, with us today on the church solutions podcast have yourself a great day